Hey, there we go. We're all back. Okay. Episode 44 of Morning Brew. I'm Adam Sheridan. I'm Stephen Burke. And I'm Daniel Person. Just to catch everyone back up, uh, you're not going to hear anything that happened before this, but we're basically talking about everyone in Hollywood is gay for Brad Pitt or wishes to be Brad Pitt. Um, and we're going to continue on from there. So before I seen um, always uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, everyone was saying that you could like Brad Pitt looks older. Like you could tell like he looks like an older guy. And I took that to meant Brad Pitt looks bad. Brad Pitt looks the best he's ever fucking looked in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. What the, the man fuck are people talking about? Shredded. Yeah, and he looks good. He's aged. His hair looks good. He's in great shape. He's got a good tan. He looks fucking awesome. I mean, I would, like, I would he, agree he that a... he's gotten better looking. Except, have you seen him in Thelma and Louise, which is like one of his first ever movies? And like, he basically has to be so good looking that you don't resent him for stealing from them. And he does it. He pulls it off perfectly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think, uh, I think Brad Pitt's, you know, unfortunate thing is that he's too good looking. So he can only ever be the good-looking guy. Like that's but, that's just him. Forever. That's why I'm pretty sure he's done a bunch of movies where he deliberately makes himself uglier, specifically to just be like, I can act too. Like I uh, think I think Brad Pitt really really likes doing acting, and I think he likes doing character work. And I think that when he shows up to read the scripts, they go, Ah, it's cool. We got Brad Pitt. You could be the hot lead now. And it's like, oh. Wait, but this, this, is the hunch, this is the hunchback of Notre Dame. They're like, yeah. What if it was the hot back of Notre Dame? How, what about that? <laughs> Why, why they, like, why are they saying Brad Pitt looks like shit in Hollywood when the entire premise of the movie is that the most beautiful man in Hollywood at one point when he did, you know, Hollywood heartthrob Leonardo DiCaprio just looks like he's just a schlub. He's just a mess. He's a fat mess. Yeah, he, uh, I, <laughs> I like Leonardo DiCaprio. And that's, he's a very and that's good actor. a fucking character. And yeah, great. but you know how so he's what, supposed people... to be disgusting? <laughs> <laughs> but like he plays disgusting so fucking well in that movie that I wanted to beat the shit out of him because there's so much of that movie where he really grossed me out and I was like I want to fucking kick this guy's ass I hate this guy what a piece of shit I fucking hate this guy I was sitting next to Aoife in the cinema and the cinema was mostly empty because again I was a week late to see it so everyone in the world had seen it already but I was saying to her I was like every time he does that fucking phlegm cough I want to fucking kick his teeth in I hate it I hate it and I hate Leo and I hate all of this. He's so gross. He's so good at acting. It's fucking gross. Do you not think it was weird in that movie how, like, the first two thirds, you know, without spoiling it too much, has one the kind first of tone? Two thirds, sorry, the first two thirds without spoiling it too much. It's what? It's a two and a half hour movie? Yeah. Yeah. About that. No, I'm not going to say what happens. As Adam will continually I... maintain, you can tell an entire story in an hour and a half. But, like, yeah. it. It, it it has a very particular kind of tone. It's a very actor character driven for, you know, two thirds of the movie. And then just mm-hmm. in the final bit, it just goes in a completely different direction. And it's a different movie. for And, and has, of... has the greatest ending of maybe any film ever made. Can I'm you, not, I'm not can complaining you just, about it. Can you just I'm tell complaining me how about that... the, the Polanski apology. I don't think that should have been there. But otherwise, I think it was fine. I really okay, enjoyed fair. the ending. I forgot all the Polanski apologia. It basically, it basically just implies, imagine if, if uh, you know, everything had been okay for Polanski, he definitely would <laughs> never have done anything bad in the future. <laughs> or maybe I was I'm just like reading that. into it because I didn't portray him <laughs> it's, as creepy enough. It's kind of like that weird... Yeah, they didn't really portray, they didn't really portray him at all. He's barely in the fucking thing. You only you see him from a distance. That? Does he have any speaking... Does his character have any speaking time? 
Yeah, one or two lines. He's basically like, my beautiful wife. And then he drives away. <laughs> do, we, do we see what, Adam? So that's uh, that reminds me of that. Uh, it's like a... <laughs> it's like a video poem that's going around Twitter on the mi- at the minute where I don't know who she is. I think she's some kind of like influencer or host or something. I oh, already know. Fuck, but she name? does yeah. the poem where basically she's trying to say that if she was Putin's mother, uh, we never would have got to this point because he would have been too loved and, and she <laughs> essentially would have prevented all of this from happening. Jesus which, Christ. Which is in fucking sane because I seen it based on a pure retweet. And the like, obviously, like the post that was said, like I can't remember what the post said. It was like uh, to Vladimir Putin or something like that. And I clicked on the video, and within three seconds, the first lines of the video are, "Dear Vlad, dear Mr. Putin, if I was your mother," I was like, "Oh no, oh no, what have I clicked on?" I saw I saw okay. someone post that where where all the responses were stuff like Gal Gadot feels so relieved right now. She's- <laughs> <laughs> She no longer has the most embarrassing video ever posted to Twitter. I, just, I look. I'm all for. I'm all for people doing. You know, look, make make whatever. I just feel like I don't understand people that can't read a room at all. Like she made that video. Like she thought about this video and she wrote it, and she sat down and she filmed it and she played it back and she edited it. And in all of this, she's seen this over and over and over again. She said, perfect. Post it. <laughs> I've posted it online. And I just think that, like, there's, like, eight steps involved between where this was an idea and this was on Twitter. And at none of those, like, you did, like, no one, like, you didn't figure it out along the way that this was not good. <laughs> that it makes you look like a crazy person. <laughs> and I don't know this woman. I'm sure she's well-intentioned, but fuck. That was crazy. Do you, do you guys want to uh, see a, a picture of Vladimir Putin as a young child with his actual mother? I thought, I thought you were talking about a different picture. Sure. I've seen pictures of young Putin where he looks weirdly similar to He just looks Putin. like, he looks like Vladimir Putin. Yeah. Even like a five-year-old. It's weird to see an evil child. There it is. This isn't it? Their channel. Oh, wow. no. That child oh. is... Just- his mother has a look on her face like she knows she's given birth to Putin and she's really regretting it. Maybe she's just t- give her a break. Maybe she's just tired from picking strawberries, which is what she I'd or f- those nettles. I'd be fucking tired if I was Putin's mother as well. Mm. See, the problem is there. You look at that picture. She only has one arm around Putin. If she had hugged Putin, if she had put two arms around him, no problems here, my friends. Putin isn't smiling either. Too tired. far. Well, that's because he's not getting a hug. Maybe, maybe it was. A, I think it's a really. I think in the picture it's a really hot day because nobody's got much clothes on. So, also, he does look very tan. Very <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Like I know it's a black and white photo, but usually people that are white in black and white photos look white, <laughs> and he does not. He looks very dark. So I think it's. You're probably right when you say it's a hot day. Anyway, Vladimir Putin's uh, mother's name is Maria Ivanova Putina ne Shalomova. Uh, died 1998. Then the year huh. after she died, some other lady came along and claimed he was she was her real mother. Or she was his real mother. Um, so, okay, lady, just basically join the queue. Basically, that's that's yeah. it, in essence. I mean, at this point, though, if that other if if his if his second mother has passed away already, she could swoop in. She might be third. And I think that lady's still around, Vera Putina. Okay, okay. Yeah, so she's she's, she's still ago. she's still with us. She's still in the land of the living. Born in 1926. Hope she's proud. 
she's retracted her statement. Actually, not that, not that there's really anyone my... except not that there's anyone around except Vladimir Putin to really contradict that because apparently the rest of Vladimir Putin's family is dead. That doesn't surprise that, me. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me either. <laughs> some about some about Vladimir Putin family and dead all being together in a sentence doesn't surprise me. Like, Wasn't that like how when you know Stalin was a proud Georgian, but whenever anyone asked him where he was from in Georgia, he'd be like, oh, yeah. so he never wanted anyone to go to the village where he grew up. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you, you can't like ask a follow-up question to to Stalin. <laughs> Oh well. <laughs> maybe we should uh <laughs> maybe we should maybe we should shift here. Maybe we should we should move 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 on to something else. Who's got something for us this week? That's I, what I, I had. I had Vladimir Putin's mom. Was that not good <laughs> enough for you? I thought we'd get at least another fifteen minutes out of this. I mean we can keep going, but it's already gotten pretty dark and these are pretty nasty jokes for the time we're in. Mm. This is a historical relic of an actually in all for, in all seriousness though. Right, we're so we're back to this again. We've talked about this before, probably off off air. I don't even think it was on the previous podcast we've done. Uh-huh. Um, we're back to a point now where people are doing social activism shit and like calling it a day and like, oh great, we've done our we've done our bit. Where they're doing stuff like you know changing their like Twitter profile banner or putting like a ribbon on their profile pictures, you know, stuff along those lines. Posting pictures where it's like, oh, I'm just testing to see something. I'm gonna leave this up for one hour. You leave it on your profile for one hour. Kind of weird chainmail bullshit. Are you in some veiled way trying to slag off the picture I sent you earlier of the dog that looks like Vladimir Putin? No, because that's not social activism. That's just a, that's a meme, dude. <laughs> that's a, that's the, very the, well, hang on, what's the difference between me sending a meme and doing like putting a twibbon up? Because a twibbon makes people believe that they're actually doing something of benefit and not just that they're shit posting to their mates. Um, no, and I, I, I fail to see the difference, though. I mean, they're just memes with different motivations. Right, except to for what extent what... is a twibbon not a meme? Because because it's not a meme. It's a, it's a fake form of social social activism, which oh, isn't I'm, actually social activism. No, I'm I'm too tired for this. I'm I'm pretty sure we can. I'm what I'm saying. I'm I'm agreeing with you, Adam. I'm just saying that I can reduce. I can be even more reductive and uh, uh, derogatory towards twibbons for you, uh, if you if you wish. Uh, okay. Meme. I don't know. Let's look at the definition definition of meme. Oh, so so your, oh, your, key... your idea is that twibbons are just uh, yeah twibbons uh, form... altruistic Twi- shit posting. Yeah, twibbons for, for they fall directly into the category of memes, and and memes, by the way, also have the same effect as these twibbons when used for political purposes. But is it not just? Is it internet? not just all a response to impotence? You know, people if if they do that, you know, it feels like they've done something. Whereas if they then, don't do that, right. but then there's a lot but, of more erectile dysfunction in the world than I thought. Right, and I agree with you, Dan. That is exactly what they're doing. Like, oh, oh look, I'm helping. I'm good. It's the same with like. But it's the, not even. Like, but I, th- I think that's even framing it too much, like to be seen, like, oh, I, you know, I'm a helper. I put the twibbon on. I think it's. I don't even think people put that much thought into it. I think they just do it immediately, like almost like a, an emotional response. They're not thinking, oh, people are going to see this, or they're not thinking, there, that's my bit done, or anything. I, I, just... I don't believe there's anything that's posted in a public space where you're publicly available, where someone doesn't think someone's going to see this and think such and such of me. I think social media sites in general. Unless you're a private account that only interacts with your friends in your small friend group where no one can share your stuff or interact with you that you don't want to, everything you post is there to be seen. Um, and I think that anyone that tries to say social media is not that, it's just lying to themselves. But my point is, is that 
there are things that you can do that don't require much effort, that don't require you to put your hand in your pocket, and stuff that you can just click retweet on and call it a day if you really want to, that at the very least shares important information or gives people access to channels that maybe they didn't know existed, or maybe shares rescue operation fundraising attempts from around the world, like situations we're in now, that's far more productive than putting a fucking twibbon up and calling it a day. And I think that it's the same level of effort um, except for it just doesn't put a badge on your fucking backpack to say like, look, I did good today. And I just think that it's, it's we're back to this weird, I thought this thing died like five years ago, all of this kind of shit, and we seem to be back to it now for some reason. Um, and you know, you saying that like, oh, I put a, like, so I've seen a lot recently where someone put a picture up on their profile for one hour that says I'm putting this up in aid of mental health. What the fuck are you talking about? There's no links to anything. There's no, like, information being shared. It's not coming from, like, a mental health charity where at least it, it leads back to them and gives people that might be having issues, um, you know, information they might need. It's just a picture. And in an hour, you delete it, and you've called it a day. doesn't help. Not beneficial at all. Stop all this horse shit. Social right. activism has always been an absolute bullshit approach, and it should absolutely be gotten rid of entirely. Okay. Uh... Well, when you think, don't, don't, you think don't you think sentiments of solidarity are important too, though? Yeah, that's what, that'd be my thought. Very important, which is why you should do things like share appropriate information from genuine sources that are there to look out for people that you're claiming to look out for. But do you not think, like, if you share one of those, here's the 15 things you can do to help Ukraine subtweets that you're not? It's basically just a wordier version of a twibbon because in most cases it's pretty much still empty rhetoric. No, because a lot of those things have important information, such as fundraising information, or where certain money goes, things like that, whereas a Twibbon doesn't, and no one even looks at a Twibbon. Whereas if you look at certain things that have been shared quite a lot out of solidarity, they've been shared sometimes hundreds and thousands of times. At the very least, certain people might see that and donate. Certain people might see that and share that with other people that might donate. There's actual genuine stuff that can come out of that. But putting a Twibbon up or a picture on your fucking media gallery for an hour and deleting it, or a black square on Instagram for a fucking hour and deleting it, or 24 hours, whatever. It doesn't help. It's not important. This, this isn't the main issue here. Adam Sheridan, 2021. You... Adam Sheridan, 2021. Towards a heuristic of solidarity and praxis. Also, the word twibbon sounds really funny. That's what I was going to say. Every that's, time what you used, say that's what they used to every be Every time you say it, I find it funnier and funnier. Makes yeah, me think of twerps. They... Because you're so used serious, to be and then you say the word twibbon. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not taking uh, seriously a man saying twibbon. It's what they used to be called. You used to have to click a button, and it would add a twibbon to your profile. So it would just you basically... May... <laughs> stop, stop saying twibbon. You may, as well, you may as well preface every single word with TW. Don't twibble yourself about twibbons. Stop tweeting twibbons. <laughs> That's what it's called. you got to accept the nomenclature, dude. The trouble with twibbons. We tweeting twibbons is for twats. <laughs> Well, there's the title. <laughs> it's a mission statement. It's true. It works on a lot of levels. Are we going anyway, to do, do a fundraiser for Refugee Solidarity or something on the podcast so that we're not just talking shit? Um, I mean, we can we can post all the various different links and stuff um, as they come up. There's definitely rescue organizations and stuff like that on it. I donated $200 yesterday morning. Um, I didn't have a whole lot spare beyond that. To be honest, but, Why you didn't know, you donate euros? Uh, the site was accepting dollars. It was a oh. it was a rescue organization site that it, the the money goes through in dollars. So I put it through dollars. That's fine. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Look, I I don't know how certain charities are set up. I'm assuming they're set up that way for uh, beneficial reasons, and I I'm I I don't care to argue 
with why people run stuff the way they run it but it's a it, it's it's a rescue operation for for ukraine um and there's other stuff too like you know apparently there was a misinformation campaign going around that locked its borders to ukrainian citizens polish citizens had to come forward to say that is not true polish borders are open they have medical aid legal aid and um food available to those that need shelter or anywhere to go so like stuff like that's important to share the other stuff's not and it's just you know it's if all you're going to do is share that's fine not everyone has money not everyone can donate and call it a day and pretend that they're like that they've helped the fucking world. But if you have money to donate and you do feel strongly for something, do it. And if you can't donate, that's fine. But at least share the information where other people can donate. Mm. It's just as easy to do as any of this other <coughs> fake shit. And at the very least, it benefits people, you know, or could benefit people. And that's all we're really trying to do at the end of the day. Yes. Yeah. <coughs> We, we'll post links, I'm sure, to the Médecins Sans Frontières and Red Cross Appeals or something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the Red Cross has one out already for Ukraine. Be all right, Dan, what do you got for us? All right. I, I, I mean, it might be a bit of a tone pivot all of a sudden. but That's okay. That's what this podcast is. So what I have been watching a tremendous amount of recently is old jackass clips. Well, that's what I call <laughs> breakneck speed. <laughs> Dan, I, when you said a bit of a pivot, I didn't think we were gonna go from Ukraine to jackass. <laughs> oh, no, no. First, Hi, I'm first... Vladimir Putin, and welcome to Jackass. Watch me as I invade Ukraine. <laughs> Stevo, Stevo, flipping over in a fucking in a trolley and breaking his neck on a fucking curve, no. like. <laughs> no, so first of all, okay, jackass clips themselves, the way the YouTube algorithm works, is already a tonal pivot. Because, yeah, you'll have, like, Johnny Knoxville rides the poo-copter or something like that. <laughs> and then next to it, it's Steve-O opens up about his struggle with addiction. Or Johnny Knoxville and Ryan Dunn's debt. Or why Bam Margera can't interact with the rest of the gang. Yeah. Anyway. And then it's Jackass <laughs> 2, the poo-cano. Yeah, uh... exactly. And then it cuts back. But I was, I was looking at some of the fucking videos. And I was like, you know, um, you get kind of the meta suggestions afterwards. Like the Jackass injuries that were more serious than they looked. Um, one of the, one of the ones like you come across is stuff like um, uh, there was a clip of Steve O trying to pole vault some like stagnant body of water, uh, where it just shows him going into this awful, dirty, filthy water. But then it goes, "What little do we know that afterwards, Steve O got like almost immediately caught a stomach infection and was vomiting and shitting at the same time on Ugh. the ground next to the water." But we couldn't, we weren't allowed to show it by the network. <laughs> <laughs> And that's oh. what I really kind of what all the jackass like the, the, a lot of the stuff you actually see is pretty tame relative to um some of the stuff that they apparently like apparently on one of the seasons they just included essentially uh, gay oral sex as one of the pranks uh, just so that the censors would say you can't show that and they'd let other stuff slide that they just uh, missed. Wasn't that what happened? What was the what was the British version? Jackass. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would have no, said John Ors. No, there was a there was a British version where it was three lads. Maybe they were Scottish. Maybe. Do you guys remember it? It was Dirty nope. Sanchez. Dirty Sanchez. That's the one. They I had a, they had a clip where, or they had a segment. I think it's what led to them getting like canned, where they convinced a bunch of people in Thailand, or they paid a bunch of people in Thailand to blow their friend under the table, and that was the whole stunt. I think I remember this actually, because like this is because this I think happened like you know 
2004, 2005, you know, when you're they, kind of like 12, they were 13, like, and you're like, I can't believe this happens on TV, and it's the most you know how, thing um, you've ever heard. You know how, like, someone sees a YouTube channel, and then, like, they make their own YouTube channel, but, like, take it way too far? Like, how, like, prank videos got way out of hand real quick? Yeah. Mm. Well, from what I remember from Dirty Sanchez, it was way, way worse than Jackass, because I always remember one specific stunt where someone stood on a ladder in a field and someone else ran over the ladder while they were standing in the car. <laughs> and like, there's no, like, what's the stunt? Like, there's no, there's no real benefit here. One of the, one of the, jack, one of the jackass stunts is Johnny Knoxville getting hit by a car. But that had the charm of Johnny Knoxville going like, I'm Johnny Knoxville and in about 10 seconds, I'm going to get hit by a car. In fairness oh. though, there's a difference between like, like, so, he probably did like the stunt fall thing onto the windshields, like, and obviously they weren't going fucking sixty miles an hour or whatever. And like someone being like, "Here, you're gonna stand on this ladder. I'm gonna, I'm gonna run you over with my fucking Volvo." But don't worry, here's a motorbike helmet or whatever they gave him, and they just ran him fucking over. Like he's on the top of a ladder, and they just mow the fuck down. Well, what he survived. That? Apparently, yeah. I assume. I mean, maybe I'm. They're probably all dead now. If I had to guess. Also, the fucking audacity of naming a show Dirty Sanchez. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. Why is it so audacious? What a Dirty Sanchez is. No, what's what's a Dirty Sanchez? Um, I'm going to look up the Urban Dictionary definition. (laughs) Go ahead, Dan. Read out the Urban Urban Dictionary definition. Because... uh, No, okay. Um, Yeah, okay. So I have... have Two definitions here. So I'll do this one, which is longer, and then I'll do the shorter one. A dirty Sanchez is a sexual situation where a man is laying some pipe doggy style, and while in the midst of sex, he inserts his finger in the woman's starfish and then smears his finger across her upper lip, giving her a thin shit mustache. This is the dirty Sanchez. The second definition is it does not matter how you do it, it's a fecal mustache. (laughs) Have you never heard that before? That's no. <laughs> that's why Screech from Saved by the Bell was like had such a weird reputation for so long. It's because he did it some video with a dirty Sanchez in it. Yeah, Grim. you know, uh, you know, Wardle. There was someone that put out a parody of that where it was only like dirty words, so it's supposed to be like you know, like slang terms and stuff. I did it the first day it came up. I put in one set of words. Immediately knew they meant felch. And I was like, nah, I'm out. <laughs> I just did, I just went on to it as a fucking joke because I seen it on Twitter. And immediately when I seen it was Felch, I was like, ah, I'm out. I, I, that's, that's fine. I understand completely what this is. And I just wanted to. I'm, I'm out of this. But like, yeah, you wouldn't name a show that. And like, I'm amazed they got away with naming a show of British television <laughs> no. Dirty Sanchez. You're right, that. I would well, never what year did it come out? Felch. 2003. Oh, look at that. Fucking nailed it. Let's see how long Urban Dictionary has been around. Obviously I mean, so you, you think because they didn't have Urban Dictionary to begin with, the producers just had no... Yeah, actually, I, that's entirely plausible. No, I'm uh, pretty sure they fucking Urban Dictionary, what... Urban Dictionary was there in 1999. Yeah, like, exactly. Maybe where Dirty Sanchez was. Well, let's see how long the post was there on Urban Dictionary. I mean, look, it's not named because one of the guys is called Dirty Sanchez. Like, you know, I think we can all fucking know. They named it because it's a dirty slang term. But Chris needs to wash more. <laughs> We're just shaming him with the, t- with the show name until he does. Uh, uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of posts dating back to... Hang on, last. Uh, oh, there's no way to sort, sort out Urban Dictionary by, by oldest, but uh, 2006 is the top one. I'm not saying one earlier. 2005 we got earlier. 
2007, 2005, only five pages, I think. So, how many how many pages are? Maybe maybe we'll be able to settle this definitively. It's 22 pages of definitions, so we can settle this def definitively. Did the show predate the Urban Dictionary entry, that, or vice versa? That seems far too long. There's only 22 pages of definitions. Dirty well, they're not very they're not very long pages of definitions. Oh, either. sorry, sorry, sorry. On specifically Dirty Sanchez. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. specific on, to on Dirty most... Sanchez. Most I fucking miss, dictionaries would have one definition. Urban Dictionary <laughs> needs to get its shit together. <laughs> well, it's crowdsourced. Um, but like, I, I mean, going back to Jackass, right? So the one thing that's really fucking striking is how much better the movies are than the TV show. Like, oh yeah, the Jackass movies are fun. But you watch the you watch the TV show, and you're like, some of these are just not as good as you remember. Like, one of them is essentially just a slip and slide. Like, it's like or like. How one of their skits was just Bam Majera slapping the shit out of his dad. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And then you cut to like the opening of Jackass Two, where they're running down a a, a a suburban street, being chased by bulls to ecstasy of gold by Ennio Morricone playing, <laughs> and they're all in slow motion. It's like they got way better at this as they went along. Or like I really the fucking want to see Jackass Four, like the giant hand. You remember that the, the high five hand? That's like yeah. Made a, the spring-loaded hand the size of a person that fucking knocked everyone. They did a Jackass feet. Four has a similar skit to that where it's it's two hands set up on a set of bikes and they have to cycle fast enough to slap the other person into the lake. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it's 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 a uh, Stevo and Machine Gun Kelly. And when Machine Gun Kelly gets whacked by it, the next scene is him drying off and he's joining up. You said it wouldn't hurt. <laughs> 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 and I just think like I know you're like young. But why the fuck would you believe the jackass guys that something wouldn't hurt, you moron? So this is the main thing that comes across from this, is that Johnny Knoxville is just, like, a unique human being. Like, you know, like, anything... Like, there's, I think, one where they're doing one of those um, teeter-totter games with a bull charging around, and they have to keep, like, jumping up to avoid the bull. And everyone runs away. It's like, who can be their last? So Johnny Knoxville wins. He just stays there for an extra, like, two minutes on his own. Like, I'm not done yet. Just using <laughs> is, the bull. Is, is that why he ended up brain damaged? Probably. <laughs> like, there's, there's that one. One of the best clips is the one where he just does a boxing match in um, in a random department store against a professional boxer who knocks him out. <laughs> and a boxer is called Butterbean. And he gets, no actual gets knocked out, cracks his skull open on the floor, you know? And he, at the moment he comes to, he's just like, is Butterbean okay? Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny, right? Because like, fucking iconic. Yeah, and like, it's weird because like he's so funny and on the ball, and like he has a level of charm to him. But my God, I've never seen someone have such a floundering Hollywood and Johnny fucking Knoxville, and they tried. <laughs> like people gave Johnny Knoxville a lot of fucking money and opportunities, and the opportunities he picked were like Bad Grandpa, or like that weird action movie where he's the Rock's little buddy. And it's like, no, that yeah. was um, was oh yeah, because didn't the rock? He does one too. He does one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shaw William Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he and also did the same movie, and he did um, also the Duke of Hazard. The Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Sean William Scott is the other Duke of Hazard. They just decided that if I, if both of them had to be famous. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was it. We not, can't get not them, I, we one can't, or the other. We can't make them mega stars on their own. Let's put them together. I bet it'll be magic, and then bombs. <laughs> All right, friends, I have the definitive answer. Okay. So, does anyone know what the first air, the air date, the original air date of the first episode of Dirty Sanchez was? I'm going to say October 10th, 2003. 
It was the 2nd of July, 2003. Can anyone hazard a guess? Give us the under over on the earliest definition on Urban Dictionary for this particular uh, phrase. I'm going to say 2002. I'm going to no. say the 2nd of July, 2003. No. But you're closer no. than Dan. Oh, okay. Was it 2005? Was it the no. one you told us on air earlier? Damn it. No. What is it? It's April 30th, 2003. Hey! Oh! oh. There you go. So the executives had no excuse. <laughs> but it also, says, like... My bitch know. was pissed when I gave her a dirty Sanchez last night. Yeah, I bet she fucking was, dude. Yeah. I bet if you rubbed shit on your fucking partner's face, they would be pretty mad. By the username D Sanchez. Oh! <laughs> he invented it! <laughs> to work the next day and he's like guys i found out how i'm gonna go down in the history book i've created something that will be named after me he gets fired from his job his girlfriend leaves him that man is in his like do you want to hear do you want to hear some of the other definitions put out by d sanchez yeah go please the mystery man when you know that your girlfriend is cheating on you and you can't figure out with who that sinister fiend is known as the mystery man as in when i find who who it is i'm going to choke that bitch and her fucking mystery man the imaginary friend. When a person talks to themselves when he or she is masturbating, even though no one else is in the room, well, you like that? You're a big boy, aren't you? Etc. <laughs> it's the imaginary friend. Cock monstrosity. A male member that is mammoth in both girth and length. Her pussy got beaten to death by that cock monstrosity. Oh. D. Sanchez, March 23rd, 2005. Secondhand sausage. You know what? I'm not going through the rest of these. These are shit. So I think, I think, right? If you look at these, I think we're reading a story. I think this guy, so you know, he's in a good job. He has a good girlfriend. Rubs shit in her face one night. She's pissed. Ugh. Then she goes out and she gets herself a mystery man with a big old fucking hog on him. This guy <laughs> finds out she's cheating, can't get over it, so starts talking to himself as if he's her while he masturbates, calling himself Big Boy because he's obsessed with the mystery man's gigantic hog. Yep, sounds about right. That's why that's why Steve didn't want to read the rest of them. They got really sad after that. Yeah, the rest of them is when he tracks down the mystery man. <laughs> <laughs> the old lonely Johnson, when everyone's left you and you're masturbating your living room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to put that promo out with our friends at Unethical before this episode comes out because uh no, <laughs> if, if they, if they listen to this, if they listen to this, they're out. <laughs> Um, I want to know. I, I want to know if what we just did is ethical. Could you get them to check for us? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. I'll reach I feel out like to Celeste to, tomorrow. We need to cross the the boundary between ethical and unethical more more thoroughly <laughs> than just reading Urban Dictionary. That's, no, we that's don't. Pretty tame on the broader scale of of ethics. This is like a Hollywood production. We created a whole narrative around Urban Dictionary posts. Yeah. Who, what other what other podcast on the web has ever ever done that? I would hazard a guess to say zero. Wasn't fucking there that awful Joe Rogan's movie. not creating fucking narratives? <laughs> there was there was that shit movie uh, from a few years ago, movie forty three, where it basically was an urban dictionary post in a movie where it was like each scene was like, what if a man had balls on his chin? What if? <laughs> that's, the, that's actually the only one I remember. I just remember it being I shit. I didn't even I hear of this before. 
Even though he, it's Hugh Jackman plays this wealthy, cool dude, but he's got balls on his chin. <laughs> <laughs> and like that's the story for like ten minutes, and then they cut to a different story. Okay, cool. I've never heard this. It was famous because it was awful, and they had like Richard Gere and like I think who was in it? Vince Vaughn, Hugh Jackman, Kate Wins. Like it was apparently they got all these A-listers in, and then this made them do the worst movie of all time. Speaking of Vince Vaughn, I watched a Vince Vaughn film recently that came out a couple of years ago called Freaky. And I think it might be one of Vince Vaughn's best films. And I think genuinely he's probably at his best in the film. Is that the one where he plays the serial killer? Is that that Yeah, one? it's basically horror movie Freaky Friday, um, yeah. which is probably why it's called Freaky, where basically Vince Vaughn plays a serial killer. And when he's trying to uh, murder this school uh, teenage girl, he uh, stabs her with like this, uh, it's like a uh, mystic knife and they accidentally swap bodies. So then he's in her <laughs> body and she's in his. So basically Vince Vaughn for the majority of the movie is playing a teenage girl in Vince Vaughn's body. <laughs> I think he's very, very funny in it. He's <laughs> legitimately very good. He plays the role well. It's a really good movie. So he's, he's doing I, a creepy version of Jack Black and Jumanji. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. But like, definitely like much creepier because at one point he's, he's in a stall, flopping his dick back and forth by wiggling his hips, going, "Hey guys, check this out! <laughs> Look at this!" Yeah. And like, but he does it so well. Like he's so like so on the ball with his timing with it that it's like, oh, like this is a genuinely really good Vince Vaughn film. Good in it. He's really good in the whole film. It is interesting how all of those kind of mid. 2000s early 2000s comedy actors they all sort of developed a bad reputation that the movie that they were in was going to be shite like I Vince mean, Vaughn, in fairness, Owen Wilson yeah no they nearly all of them were terrible yeah like Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson like they have like Wedding Crashers not a great movie they have <laughs> that film like the internship where they play Google intern um, at like a weird Google campus college where they have to like pass all these tests and then they get to come back and be Google employees at the end of it. Weird, yeah. weird fucking movie. <laughs> um, like, just they have all these weird fucking films. And like, they're in some good films. Like, You, Me, and Dupree is funny. Like, that's probably one of Owen Wilson's best things. Obviously, Marley and Me is very good. Remember when they tried to make Owen Wilson like an action star? And they were like, he's handsome. That's what was he? he was behind enemy lines, wasn't he? That's a very, very good film. That's I'm sure, I'm sure it film. is. It's just Owen Wilson has the wrong energy to be an action That's where movie that's star. where Pierce Brosnan plays retired James Bond. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the we're both talking about the same where he gets trapped and he has he's trying to get out with his family. behind enemy lines. No, it's the one I think he's like a soldier, isn't he? And he gets like stuck. Oh, okay. We're talking about a different film. There's an Owen Wilson film where he's he's on vacation with his wife. And maybe daughter, I can't really remember anymore. I think it's just his wife, though. He's on vacation, and uh, like a civil war breaks out, and they get trapped. And he's trying to escape with his wife, but Pierce Brosnan is in it. And Pierce Brosnan basically is just playing retired James Bond. Like, they don't ever really say it, but he's very clearly supposed to be like a former spy that's been in worse situations before, and like has all these like weird contacts around the world, and could speak different languages. and t- Like, it's very much like retired James Bond. And Pierce Brosnan plays character. Very good movie. Very, very good movie. Maybe, maybe his best. <laughs> I can't think of the name of it though. It escapes me. It was it Thomas and Friends: The Great Discovery? That's the one. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. He played guest narrator in that. I'm yeah, looking yeah, at Owen Wilson's that's, fucking. That's his. Uh, that's his name. 
Uh, guest narrator is the yeah. name, and his, his wife is a uh, main narrator. <laughs> I'm looking at it. So in 2001, Owen Wilson was in, I think, three of the most different movies I can think of. He was in Behind Enemy Lines, Zoolander, and The Royal Tenenbaums. <laughs> That's a fucking diverse <laughs> assortment of movies to be in in one year. <laughs> and only one of them is good. But which one? I'll never tell. It's The Royal Tenenbaums. That's the good one. Hmm. Um, I think okay. Zoolander I like less because of Zoolander 2. The one I'm thinking of is No Escape. Um, that's what the, the movie is. Very good movie. I recommend everyone checks it out. Um, okay. It's, yeah, sure. It's, a, it's another one where it, he's not supposed to be an action movie guy. He's supposed to be like a guy in a bad situation, but it's, you know, similar to when The Rock doesn't play action hero The Rock, but he still is action hero The Rock the whole time. No, I'm just a CIA agent looking for peace. Yeah. But no, if no, I have no, to no, kick I'm ass, ju- I will. I'm just an architect. I'm oh, six foot five, I... uh, three hundred pounds, but I'm just an architect. Oh, I can't. Gl- I can't believe you guys are making me kick ass. This is terrible. <laughs> Thank God I'm ripped. <laughs> I was I just wa- doing it for vanity. I want a. I want a very serious, like, a, like a drama with the Rock, where he's in one of those situations. <laughs> but then, like, when they get to like two hours in, and he finally has to, like, you know, knuckle up and like try and try and be the action hero, he just like fucking downs four protein shakes and tears off his shirt and like just <laughs> charges into battle. That's what oh, I fucking yeah. want. Like a, as a Popeye eating spinach type sequence. Yeah, yeah, like... yeah. He like crushes the, sh- crushes the shaker and like a liter and a half of protein powder goes up in the air into his mouth and he just hooks up. As long Vades as he starts everywhere. talking like Popeye too, like, you know, his, like, his, his, his love interest gets kidnapped. That's all I can stand. I can't stand no more. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember if Popeye's laughing. Or if that's Mr. That's, Krabs. No, that's Popeye. <laughs> it's, also, it's probably also Mr. Krabs. Wait a, wait a second. Do you think Mr. Krabs and Popeye are the same character? I mean, if no, you think about crab, it. One's a man. They well, both no, look have at, look at the weird tattoos. forearms. Mr. Mr. Krabs also has an anchor tattoo very similar to what Popeye has now that I think about it. Also, and as you say, a very similar laugh. Popeye has those weird forearms and olive oil has those really weirdly wibbly wobbly forearms. So what would their kids look like? Would they have the shape of Popeye but the wibbly wobbliness of olive oil? Yeah, I think, I, think, think I think you're thinking of an octopus. It'll probably alternate between the kids. That's how it always happens in uh, in cartoons. All the girls look like the mom and all the dads look like the boy. That's how genetics yeah. works. <laughs> Certainly in like Hey Arthur or whatever the fuck it's called. That finally ended. I didn't know that was still going. But apparently they did a flash forward to show what they were all going to be doing in the yeah, future. Yeah, DW is a cop. <laughs> That's the only one I saw, yeah. <laughs> and, and from, I've seen a picture of Arthur where he's like a weird hipster hippie, which is bizarre because like it's 2022. Um, so I guess he ends up unemployed, if I had to guess. I liked in um, in the Rugrats all grown up where they tried to position what the babies would want to be when they were like teenagers. But because Tommy's personality was fearless leader, they couldn't really position him as like the president of the United States yet. So they're like, oh, he likes <laughs> movies. So <laughs> I think they're like, yeah, because that's everyone knows that filmmakers are the most fearless leaders of us all. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, those those uh, I I used to love those all grown up things when I was younger, and now I realize they were shit because you just got to see that like what they kept Spike the dog around, but they just made him really old and very unable to move, and it was just sad seeing him. And I think I think they kept the grandpa, but they made him like super decrepit. Is that is that? 
Yeah, I mean, that they want you to look into your future. Where you have a 30-year-old dog because vets won't let him die, and you're 800 years old. Doctor <laughs> won't let you die, and that's, that's what we all have to look forward to. <laughs> well, every now and again, like, I'll be talking to someone about, like, like in so and so many years and then I'll like I'll just think like ah it's not my problem I'll be dead by then and then I stop and I think like no no that would make me about 90 and they're not gonna let me die at 90 because they only let 90 year olds die now so I'm really <laughs> fucked in, in 60 years time like I'm in a real bad spot Jesus I'm gonna be in like a fucking tube or something surrounded by like liquid no you well, can we've beat come, them we've come, some, we've come some, way, some way since you said you wanted to die at 60 yeah well, I didn't say I wanted to die at 60. I just said uh, most of the Sheridan men seem to just fucking kick the bucket around 60. <laughs> I don't know why it happens. It just does. So if you, get to, if you get to 70, you're like doing well. You're like, if I, I, to 60, if I get to 69, family member. I'm good. Yeah. Nice. I have 365 <laughs> days of meme in me before I kick the bucket and I'll be pretty happy at that point. I, I'll be so, good to go. So <laughs> according according to the Rugrats wiki, okay. There's a Rugrats the, um, wiki. There's a Rugrats course, wiki. Of course, the fucking Rugrats wiki. Grandpa Pickles, like the guy in the show, was born in November eighth, nineteen fifteen. So born in the middle of World War One. Wow, um, cool. Which meant he was only sixty-one years old during Rugrats. So the man with the hearing aid, completely bald, like barely able to walk, was only sixty-one. Wait, is that, the, maybe, is that the much older you... grandpa, grandfather? It's no, it's it. It's not the Jewish one. It's the other oh. one. And uh, think, what was he doing do in think... World War Two then? Because he should have been a. Re- That's what I was going to say. Do yeah. you think his hearing and his decrepitness is because he served in World War Two? Hmm. You know what? Maybe he was wounded. Let's, let's check yeah, exactly. with the Rugrat Wiki say anything. I mean, don't in we the... know? Don't we know that the other grandparents like survived the Holocaust or something? Like literally, isn't that really? literally yeah. the the, the storyline? Yeah, because they all eat borscht. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't like the Rugrats anymore now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I, I, I'm just like, there's a lot of bad that's kind of creeping out of this, out of this weird shit, and I don't like it. <laughs> and does the wiki tell us if uh, if Stu Pickles? No, that's the dad. What's the grandpa's name? Lou Pickles. Lou Pickles. Oh, <laughs> for fuck's sake. Wait, look, Lou was a private first class during World War II and probably fought in the Pacific against the Japanese. Is he really oh, a World War II soldier? It is said by Didi that he was present at the Battle of Pearl Harbor, but apparently slept through the whole thing, although he defensively added that he sounded the alarm as soon as he could. I'm sorry, hold on, hold on, hold on. What part of the cartoon about babies getting into hijinks was the mother character talking about Pearl Harbor? What the fuck is the context? Was she sitting her one-year-old down to tell her about Pearl Harbor? Tell him about Pearl Harbor? I, I mean, the adults were in it on their own, so I don't know. Also, apparently in the reboot, he's a hippie. He's a boomer who never let go of the 60s. Maybe he was one of the air, like radar operators, U.S. Army radar operators who famously, like, failed to oh no they did cut they did see the japanese formations and then they just then they just presumed there were some other flights coming in or something yeah i think just like there's some new bombers being brought to us it's fine (laughs) shit going deep on rugrats lore eh so that's right now are the other grandpa are the other grandparents holocaust survivors um okay one second god i hope not I mean, I thought they had to live through. I, I thought they had some sort of. I thought there was a serious episode about the the whole situation there. You're probably right. She's the daughter of Boris and Minka Kropotkin. 
So fake name. I used to like them because they looked exactly like my grandparents. It was very funny. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, Lou Pickles looks a lot like both of my grandparents. <laughs> uh, it doesn't say anything, but I'm, I'm really, really reluctant to control F Holocaust in the Rugrats wiki. You don't have to do... I, I don't think they mention mentioned World War II. <laughs> See what you can find on World War II. Or the Kropotskys or whatever they're called. Crazy. I thought Cyberpunk 2077 was dark. Rugrats is the real dark shit. Is there any is good? a Wikipedia page called yeah. Judaism and Rugrats. Called what? It's called Judaism and Rugrats. That's the name of the Wikipedia page. Okay. Well, isn't it? A, isn't that a big part of the, the the theme of the whole thing? Is that they're definitively a U.S. Jewish family, and that's that's very much part of the identity of the show, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, apparently, the, the, actually, apparently, Grandpa Boris's portrayal in the 1998 Rugrats comic strip was criticized by the Anti-Defamation League for apparent anti-Semitism. Um, world, oh. nothing comes up about World War Two, but this is what so guys. now I can control F Holocaust. Yeah, was, no, nothing comes up. Okay. Did Steve? Did Steve start a fire? Yeah, he's burning his old Rugrats comics. Well, yeah. <laughs> the anti-defamation league will be here in three minutes. <laughs> Let's get oh, rid of get rid of the evidence. <laughs> that is crazy! Holy shit! Yeah. So I, I guess. Mean, you know, if you want to, if anyone wants to know what Morning Brew is like, we, 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 we make current event jokes way too soon, and then we go into the deep lore of shit that we found. Of, of, we of Rugrats. Yeah. <laughs> the only episode of Rugrats I remember is one where I think Dee Dee was teaching. I, maybe she, I don't know if she took it up or if she always did it, where she taught classes in either high school or community college because they're all drawn the same at that stage. But uh, Tommy went with her, and there was just one cool dude who looked like the Fonz. Who uh, who oh, Tommy nice. really liked, and at the end he gave Tommy his comb. Even though Tommy has like four hairs. You know what's funny about stuff like that, right? So they make a character like the Fawn, which I'm sure is probably supposed to be the Fawn. But you think like this is a show made for kids that don't know what Happy Days is. So who the fuck is this character for? No, but like I think it transcends that in a way, in the sense that like I think the Fawns has just become. The pop culture, or did, you know, when we were watching TV in the 90s, I don't know if it still is, the pop culture image of a cool person. I'm sure there were, like, background gags in The Simpsons about, like, you know, some cool guy who, you know, had the, the Simpsons the is a little jacket. bit different, though. The Simpsons it's is a, a different demographic, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so, I think that if I asked my brother who the Fonz is or what Happy Days is, I don't think he would have any fucking idea what I'm talking about. Like, he'd I probably mean, think I was talking about a fucking... I'm only aware of what Happy Days is because uh, Family Guy used to reference it so heavily handedly, so heavy handedly in, uh, in, in the early days. Half of my fucking pop culture knowledge from like American TV shows comes from how family awkwardly guy? Family Yeah, because The Simpsons does it subtly and like, well, used to and incorporates it into, um, into the narrative or as, it's the, as a gag you can get contextless. Whereas Family Guy's like, hey, remember Happy Days? And, <laughs> and then it plays the whole fucking team song. It just reads you the Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair, fair. There's also just before we we move on and and, and wrap today, that that just makes me think of. So there's a I've been doing I've been playing a little bit of Cyberpunk 2077 as I mentioned a few, um, and I was doing a side quest, and as part of the side quest, there was like an AI I was dealing with, 
and the whole AI is completely stolen. Like it's supposed to be a direct reference to to Gladys. Um, okay. and not even like not subtly at all. Well, like it's it's very on the fucking nose. As in like just like aggressive, um, slightly homicidal. Oh, it's it's like a it's like a fucked up computer voice that like cuts in and out. It's a lady computer voice too. Um, so to tell you that it's Gladys. The they make a reference to cake at some point where they say that there's no cake for you. You know, it's very very <sighs> a Gladys reference. Ugh. Like really Come on. on the nose. Come on. I just, thought, I just thought like you know what. I was around for like when Portal came out and I was very much part of that scene and I loved the Valve games. I was very, very much into them, played, the, played all of them, you know, played through them all. Uh, it, was very, it was very, very online at the time as well when Portal 2 was big and all the references. Are you still on. here? So I, that's not even made for me anymore. Like I care so little to see Portal in 2022. Like I really could not give a shit to see them anymore. So far removed. And then I just thought, how many people playing Cyberpunk 2077 won't even fucking notice that this is a Portal reference? Like, what is this here for? It's so on the nose, and Portal is so old and irrelevant that, like, what a weird thing to, like, stick in. And, like, to stick in so, like, heavily. What a weird situation. So that'd, I actually... That just I annoy actually, me. I think it, games... It annoyed me, too. Games tend to have a longer shelf life in that sense. I think they stay relevant longer because anyone can go on Steam and still buy it and still play it, and it still gets you know highly recommended. Still comes up on the top scores. I get and you. I get stuff. you. I just think that like for a game that started production when Portal was already fairly irrelevant, it's weird that like through all the years and all the production hell and all the remakes and all the remakes and all the rest of it, they were still gung ho on keeping the Portal side quest. Um, I just thought that was a little bit strange, um, and it, it like Stephen said, like it did annoy me because I was thinking, like, yeah, okay, can we over? Really, I really, I really don't give a shit about the references. But I just thought, like, what a, what a strange way to keep it. Like, it's I don't know who that's made for because for the people that do know it, like Stephen would recognize it immediately. Obviously, I recognize it immediately. You probably recognize it immediately. I don't think any of us would enjoy it. So I don't I don't know who it's made for. Like, I really don't get who who fought for this. Other than that, though, the game's pretty good. Um, it's kind of like, I guess, a more charming Fallout is the best way to put it. Like, Fall- it's more Fall- colorful, and there's Fallout more, is like... Pretty... Fallout is pretty charmless, let's be real here. It, it, yeah, it... yeah. That's okay. what I mean. So, like, Fallout 4 of... is pretty charmless. I think New Vegas is, is charming. I think, there, I think the story stuff is charming, and I think everything outside of a quest is fairly dull and boring in all of the Fallout games. Um, yeah, that's true. And I think that the world of Cyberpunk is very charming and there's a lot of stuff going on at once and there's a lot of different things going on at once and it's kind of interesting and exciting to see. In saying that, you know how like Skyrim loves to play out scrolls and like Fallout loves to have like these messages on computers and like you kind of get a little glimpse into like what was going on in this area? Mm. Like yeah. 90% of the stuff that I've read in Cyberpunk is so fucking meaningless that I don't know why they're wasting my time. Like, literally, a lot of, like, I'll hack into a computer and I'll be like, there's three messages here. I'm like, great, excellent, cool. Maybe there's, like, something interesting in the messages. Um, on multiple occasions, every message has literally been spam mail. <laughs> what? And Yeah, 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 not joking. Like, literally spam mail where it's like, you know, oh, um, sign up for this, you know, whatever, enhancements to, like, a penis enhancer modifier or whatever. Yeah. kind of deals and it's like well, hang on now i want to hear more about this so i mean you know obviously i called the number it's not real so that's a... no but i just it, it happens <laughs> a lot and it's really a case of like eh, 
this is kind of annoying. Like, I, you know, I'm I'm trying to like read up on the world, and you guys are, and like, then I read it, and it's like a very like this is like ha ah, joke. Look, look at how much spam mail they're getting. It's like oh, um, well, uh, I yeah, mean, can we I, stop I, with that? I do. I think Fallout probably is the right level of you. Is get the the gag, there. Yeah, I think the gag is just that like you're out there hacking into someone's emails and their emails, but like. I don't know where I'm supposed to stop. Like, am I not supposed to read any messages? Like, are they all meaningless? Yeah. Or is just most of the... Like, you know what I mean? Like, where's the, where after, do I stop? After a time, it's not worth your effort. Yeah, exactly. Like, where do I call it a day and be like, okay, well, I'm just never going to use a computer again because it's clearly pointless. Yeah. But, like, then you have the opposite. Like, if you go to Skyrim and people have put too much effort into some of these fucking scrolls, it's like, consider the metaphysical nature of the universe. And it's like 20 pages on, like... How if you become self-aware enough that you're in a game, you can transcend the fact that you're in a game. And they're like, did you, why did you write this? This is not relevant to Killing Dragons. They're not even good enough to be worth sitting through all 12 parts either. Yeah, yeah I usually exactly. get bored after the first couple. Yeah, yeah. But at least it's, at least I appreciate that, that this is something that like, if you're into it, it, there's, you know what I mean? Like you can read it and I'm sure some yeah. people find it interesting. The cyberpunk stuff is really like, oh, this is pointless. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know where I'm going to stop because I'm only a couple hours into the game. Mm. But, like, I don't know. Is it one more computer and then I just never touch the computer in-game ever again? Cause, I mean, quite Probably. possibly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's just kind of like, I don't know what I'm supposed to get from Um <clears throat> And also, you sometimes, like, you can... Like, you have a phone, so you can, like... So you can call up, like, these people that give you quests and stuff and they, like, send you text messages and you have to respond to them. But the response is kind of annoying because it's like you have to go in and push a button to send a pre-written message. And it's like, can you not no. just send it when I push the one? You know what I mean? Like, can you <laughs> yeah, not just send it for me? Like, I don't, I can't alter this. You know, I, can't, I have no interaction. It's good though. I do enjoy it. It's, it's, I think if you like Fallout, you'll like it. I think it's a lot more charming than Fallout is. Um, I've gotten to the Keanu Reeves part-ish. Um, so he's made an appearance in my game and he, He's very good in it. You know, he's, he does his lines well. He's, his character arc has been interesting so far. I've only seen a little tiny bit of it. Um, I got a very different impersonation from the lead up to this game than what Keanu Reeves actually is in the game. Uh, <laughs> um, bit so like that was, uh, he's No, he's, he's pretty central to the main story. But um, I just... I, I thought it was going to be a very different situation. Uh. Than what it turned out to be, because uh, his character is not what I thought his character was gonna, be. and uh, that surprised me a little bit when he when he makes his appearance. I was thinking like, oh, oh, I thought you were gonna be like the opposite of this. Like, mm. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're like you're not what I thought. Like this is uh this is very different. <laughs> but you know that's fine. He seemed to have fun doing it. He <laughs> he seems to have fun when he's reading his lines. So good for him. <laughs> it's important to enjoy your work. Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you one thing. He has he has more emotion in him doing the lines for Cyberpunk. Than he did with that. Uh, um, always be my maybe. Is that the one? Yeah. The, Which he had the, fun the... in that, where he just gets to be asshole Keanu Reeves. But like, you could very clearly tell with Cyberpunk, he's having a lot of fun. All right, cool. sure. Why not? <clears throat> I. That's all I got. Would. Never play Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, that's awful. Why? That's a shame. Because... Does it make, can I tell you, would it make a difference if you could give your character a vagina? Yes. 
Okay, you can give your character a vagina. That's an actual oh. character model trait. So there you go. Oh, okay. Then I'll play it soon. Oh, the game is fantastic. Like I'm covered in leather. I have knee-high boots on. I have this neon neon motorcycle. I have a katana. I have all these fucking like explosive weapons. Got a cool. tight little pussy. Cyberpunk rules. <laughs> Does it change gameplay at all? You know, in the way that in, in South in the South Park games, the difficulty setting is determined by your skin color. <laughs> Um, he no, he just he just very clearly has more confidence with the vagina. Like he's having more fun with his life when you give him oh. the vagina. Okay, ah. that's good. Yeah, the fun as, meter as long goes as your as long as your character's more actualized, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm, huh. mm-hmm. In fairness, the character model thing for as much shit as they gave, as much like attention <laughs> that they gave it, pretty boring. There's not that many options like at all. <laughs> I still think character models have never gotten better than that oblivion one that let you make any fucking monster you wanted like you can make shrek on that thing because yeah, it was just a bunch of sliders <laughs> where the limiters <laughs> were way too high and way too low <laughs> yeah the cyberpunk one really isn't all that in depth but also like they let you do things like the genitals and it doesn't really make any sense because your you character... see the, do you see the genitals at all after that or is it just knowing no that there? you do so you do in the character model thing but like there's been scenes where my character's like in the shower and I just think, like, what a weird... Why did you, Why did you like, ask me if I wanted my guy to have, like, a dick or not if, like, it never comes up again? Like, what a weird... Well, that's well, maybe, strange. Hang on. Maybe if you give your character a large enough schlong, it, it appears in some of the, the shots. Oh, maybe. Do you think, my, do you <laughs> think I didn't know normal Yeah. It's just, like, they, they can't hide it. Like, it's, it's... He's still in the underwear, but, like, the head of his cock is poking out the little <laughs> bottom of the underwear. Well, I'm just I'm just thinking like maybe there's maybe there's a whole maybe there's a developer who put an entire like six months of their lives into making sure the ray tracing worked right so it would cast a shadow. Well, I'm okay. I'm looking at a video of the genital thing now where it, it really does like basically you can pick your penis size like big. It looks like big is an option, small is an option, deep. So there was someone <laughs> who had to go through that to be like, all right, we need our we need to know what the average penis size is here. So my oh, you problem can get is a thunderbolt pube. Amazing. Just before we before we wrap up, for fuck's sake, um, before we wrap up, I so here's my problem with the whole genital thing in Cyberpunk. I I don't know what it's for. I think it's just there for like a gag. But you could pick three penis sizes. One of them is large. Large does not seem all that large. But also, there's no erect option. So I don't know if maybe he's large because he just has killer dick when he's hard. But there's no option to do that. So I feel like it's really it's really not, you know, true to life. And also, your character can't get rid of his foreskin, which I also feel like is a bit dismissive of people that don't have foreskin. I, I think I think Project Red, CD Project Red, maybe needs to be cancelled. Maybe. They they also don't seem to give you an option to adjust the size of the balls. What the fuck? What's the point? I can adjust the penis size. I want to adjust the ball size. Well, that was what, that's the only thing I wanted. I wanted yeah. to give him a little micro dick and oh. just a big fucking Me- set of cojones. Meaty clangers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I wanted people to, like, this guy's a fucking gangster. He's coming in here with this little, this little teeny eeny weeny, but look at the fucking balls on this guy. And if you like, give him yeah. big enough balls, you can use him as a weapon. Just oh, like, yeah, yeah. Bolas. Yeah. I think, like, it's when... a, I think it's a good idea. I think it sounds relatively fairly progressive and allows people who might really, really wish to do role play in the game to uh, build a character for themselves who, uh, whose uh, presenting gender, for instance, might be in conflict with their biological essentialist birth gender or what was assigned to them, or, or maybe that they've been modified in such a way that uh, it's uh, 
different to I, I agree with you no, I, just, I, I just think we need more options yeah also there's a lot you know that can be true and there could still be a lot of funny options if they hadn't if they'd gone oblivion with it yes, well, so like yeah. my problem is yes as I say yes choose, I want to have a big green penis as, you but, know normal looking person otherwise and then you know just but also I want to I want to cover the penis in veins like I want if this guy takes his pants off I want someone to think that like this is an angry dick like this, this dick has a chip on its shoulder. It's mad. This dick is just furious with life. <laughs> Their heart rate is at least ten BPM higher from just supplying blood to that thing. Jesus. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like this guy, like he's he very much has to conceal. It's a concealed weapon. No, if I this thing has a mind of its own. If I let the if I let the beast loose, uh uh-uh, uh no one's gonna survive. And then like I want to over furious be, Pete. We got here yeah. furious peen. And I want to be able to use the. The, the cock with all these veins on it to like swing a knife so like I'm dual wielding these guns pew, 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 like shooting over like doing like these fucking flips, like matrix revolutions when they're in the and then also when he does the flip cock flips out slices someone's throat kick him in the head beautiful that's what would, I want the, from this game there would have to be you know drawbacks like if it's too big then that's part of the target and you're easier to hit you can't like hide behind walls is it? like you're oh, trying to sneak like up they, behind someone and like look around a corner but they just see your penis so but if like, they oh, but if they shoot you in the dick, following. they can get a headshot and you take like massive damage. <laughs> I I agree. Dan, we're on to something. We're on to something here. This is why it's tactically superior to have a vagina because it's less to shoot. Yeah, okay. Okay. That's fair. That's Maybe just a good ta- that's a good strategy. All of these things are gonna require the developer surely to work in new character animations, which I think should be facilitated. Uh, but if you're gonna put what a if if someone's going to put a massive swing and dick on their character, then the hitbox should be bigger. Oh, I agree. I oh, think yeah. it should have a separate hitbox. <laughs> I think it should have a separate hitbox. Like, there should be two hitboxes for this character. And sometimes you take damage, you don't even know why, and then, you, oh, I've closed the car door on it. My mistake. Or, like, you know when, um, you know when I want to see this. Where you, I want to see how this is going to be handled in the VAT system. Dan has had the exact same thought as I have. Yeah, like you know, you, sh- you shoot someone's arm and like it ex- it's gone. You shoot someone's dick off and they just lose the will to fight. <laughs> just <laughs> still alive, but they just go to the ground, just screaming. You can you can do the rest of the mission; they won't bother you at all. But whenever you walk into that room, you just hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. I I don't have a whole lot more to talk about. It just I haven't put much time into it. And... Yeah. Well, that's, I'm enjoying back. it so far. <coughs> Do you want to find out oh. live on air if I've got COVID? Have you already Again. done the test? No, not yet. Stephen, that takes 15 minutes. We've been over this. We need to do it ahead of time. <laughs> I tell you what, we'll name the title of this whatever your test turns up. So it'll either be positive or negative two. We'll find out next week. <laughs> uh. Okay, does anyone have anything before we wrap up? Just always wrap up. Especially if you're in Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> yep. That sounds about it. Okay. This has been Morning Brew episode 44. I am, of course, Adam Sheridan. I'm Stephen Burke. And I'm Daniel Purse. And finally, we have gotten back to business as usual, so the audio quality will be much, much higher because I'm not recording through a phone anymore. All right. Make sure you share us on all of the different socials. Make sure you like us on whatever podcast platform you listen to. Or... If you want to spend 30 seconds, like us on every podcast platform. They don't charge you. It's free, baby. And with that, bye-bye. Make sure to donate to the Ukraine.